Listen, when Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike grab mics, it's real sports, real talk, on the field or on the court. If it happened in New York, it's covered like a blanket, dog. Interviews are ill, simply up close and personal. Batter up, Lloyd's batting first, set the tone. Mike see the right the stadium with a guard and on the phone. Here we go, Giants of Jets, Yankees of Mets, Knicks of Nets. This is only an intro, the show is next. Today is June 11th, 2018, and it's that time of the week. Well, me and Mad Mike welcome you to a new episode of the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. Listen as the show airs on Mondays from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and of course at LloydAThompson.com. Me and Mad Mike are also on social media at LloydAThompson, one word Instagram, and at LloydAThompson, one word Twitter, L-L-O-Y-D. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss a damn thing, and be sure to hit that follow button. And also, listeners, if you ever want to send questions that you'd like for me and Mad Mike to answer on the show, you can shoot them through email to Lloyd at parkmyfresh.com or you can send them directly to the website. Again, guys, exciting show for you today. Me and the Mad Mike are going to break down the NBA Finals as the Golden State Warriors swept the Cleveland Cavaliers in four games, taking the glove off of Thanos' hand, a.k.a. LeBron James. And we're going to touch up on the Subway Series that was played by the Mets and Yankees. And we're going to tackle a little bit of New York Nick news as they filled out the rest of their coaching staff. So as always, guys, let's buckle up, sit back and relax. And start spreading the news. Hey, yo! Let's get it! Ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday. That means it's time to talk sports with Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike. Let's go. As always, we got to find out where the Mad Mike is and where he's calling from. Yo, Mad Mike, where you at today, baby? Hey man, I'm uh, I'm local man. I'm in Flushing in my hometown. Uh, took in Mets Yankees this weekend, and uh, you know, happy the Yankees got another series win. And that's what it's all about. And we always say all the time, if you listeners, if you've been following us, and for those that are new to us, the key to success for both the Mets and Yankees is just ah. Uh, I mean, it's sad that one team has been doing it while the other one hasn't, and that's winning series. And that's what the Yankees have been doing thus far. The Mets started doing it at the beginning of the season, and they got off to an 11-1 start. And since then, they have hit a brick wall. And now this team is under 500. They're going in the opposite direction, Mad Mike. And at some point, they need to start looking into trading their assets and really getting this team ready for the future or prepare for the future. And that's something that the Mets hasn't do- haven't done well, you know, in the last several years, Mad Mike. No, it, it's. Uh, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta look at what Cashman did, and uh, we're getting off track. But you know, uh, sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. But once again, like I said last week, it's hard to sell rebuilding to your fans when they've only had two winning seasons in the last seven years. Man, I mean, how do you tell your fans it's time to rebuild when essentially you have been rebuilding? And if you, you, you I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't. So we'll get we'll touch up on some baseball 
a little bit later on the show, we'll get back to that. But let's get back to this NBA Finals, Matt Mike, in which the Golden State Warriors in full dynasty mode swept the Cleveland Cavaliers four games to none. I actually thought Cleveland was going to at least pull off two games. They didn't pull off two games. They ended up winning zero games. And come to find out that Thanos, LeBron James, who I've nicknamed as Thanos, he actually um, had a hand injury, and he was playing through a hand injury, and not to make that as an excuse, but apparently after uh, Game 1's debacle, he took uh, like Amari Stoudemire, and I'm, you know, word is he punched some type of fire extinguisher or something like that, injured his hand, because at the press conference after Game 4, he had a, a brace or, you know, a cast on his hand while he was giving his interview, man, Mike, although... I don't think if that wasn't the case, they still would have lost. So I don't think it really would have made a difference because, like we've said all along, he was basically out there playing basketball one-on-five. Or I might say I might give Kevin Love the benefit of the doubt because I thought he played well. So I'll say it was two-on-five. Outside of that, he got help from absolutely nobody on that team. So for this team to make it to as far as they got, was something that I wasn't even expecting him to do. But again, like I said, when you have LeBron James on your team, anything is possible, man, Mike. Yeah, man. Um, I, I thought it was weak. I thought it was a weak look, I'll be honest with you. Um, as hard, tough as I am on him, I, I was on the same show on this air last week saying that his game one was one of the greatest finals uh, showings I've ever seen in my life. Um, it took me back to, to you know, Jordan games and and it, it was outstanding. But I thought it was weak, man. Um, he, he punched a whiteboard, uh, claimed to have a broken hand. Reports later said it was just a hand contusion. Um, I, I I I I wish I mean, he wouldn't have done it. How do I keep that it, under wraps, you know I man, Mike? If he if if he did that after game one, how does that go quote unquote unnoticed until after the game is over? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because I, what he said was he didn't, uh, you know, I guess he had uh, put stories out there that it was his ankle that was hurting because uh, after game three, everybody was concerned with ankle. Uh, my guess is that was just him deflecting uh, because it was the hand the whole time. Uh, makes sense, right? Got everybody looking uh, down at his feet and really it's his hand. That's the problem. Um Look, I don't know, man. I just uh, to me, it's it, it, it's weak because you you came out there, you know, full competitor, and then after getting swept, you show up with the soft cast. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't at full strength. Like, yeah, that, that's definitely not a Thanos move at all. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you, know, you take your bumps and bruises, and let's face it, they weren't the better team. And LeBron James, despite that, he went out there and he scored triple doubles. And that first game, game one was so deflating. But, I mean, let's also face it, you know, man, Mike, the Golden State Warriors were not perfect. I mean, this team, this is, they had a great season. And I don't think this team right here was the best team that Golden State had. I thought the team that when they won uh, 73 games, I thought that team was better than this year's team, and that team ended up losing the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Cavs, and I think the reason why they lost that game was because of Kyrie Irving, whom I'm hearing that he still wants to come to the Knicks, so we'll talk about that as well, but you know, the Golden State Warriors, they lost 24 games during the regular season, you know, rather than chase records, Matt Mike, they endured injuries, 
bouts of complacency and, you know, that path to the NBA Finals is more, you know, of a trail than the Autobahn. But, you know, it took work, you know, which might sound ridiculous given their lavish roster. And we all know how good their roster is. But, you know, Coach Steve Kerr, he reflected on 2015, you know, when, when the run started back when it was fresh. And he said it just seemed chaotic then. You know, everything seemed up and down, and now it seems business-like. So he sees a difference from 2015 to 2018, and he sees, you know, he was also saying that they seem more poised. So the, the result was the same, you know, for the third time in four seasons, and for the second straight year in a row, the Warriors are NBA champions. Look, they demolished the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, on Friday, 108-85, you know, in you know, Cleveland's Cavaliers building and the Cavs building, you know, to complete the four-game sweep. And this team thought of every challenge that LeBron James, you know, the most familiar, the most gifted, you know, the most adversary could muster. LeBron James gave it all. You know, Steph Curry lured. You know, he led the, the Warriors with 37 points. Kevin Durant had a triple-double with 20-12 and 10. You know, and... Again, this team just went out, and it just goes to show you how good this team is. Because there was times during the games, man, Mike, where, you know, Cleveland would be up, and I would go to the bathroom or do something, and before you know it, these guys are either losing or, you know, Golden State is only down by three points. They just have so many weapons. I don't think their bench was that deep. But when you have, you know, what, what four of the top probably 20 players in the NBA – you're always going to have two great people on the court at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, you really don't get a break, you know, with these guys, with their rotation and stuff like that. So, you know, you have to give kudos to the Golden State Warriors. You know, obviously people are going to question, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, for, for going to Golden State. But, I mean, let's face it, I also feel that if Kevin Durant wasn't on his team, I'm not sure Golden State I think this Golden State team would have probably beat this Cleveland's team, but I don't think they would have won last year without Kevin Durant. So this is probably one of the most lackluster NBA finals that I've seen before. You know, well, I want to I want to touch on that. I, I kind of want to touch on that. That uh, I want to touch on that Kevin Durant comment um, a little bit because you know he's get, he gets a lot of slack for going there, but people don't you know people don't talk about the fact. Look at what Miami created. When when Miami created that super team, you had three players that that basically knew they were all going to sign in Miami. They, they you know and Bosh, Wade and and LeBron, right? That was that was like really building a super team where players took control of creating a super team. Um, the Boston Celtics, I believe, last week I called it the Lakers on there. I apologize. The Boston Celtics did it through trades, you know, where they traded for Kevin Garnett. They traded for Ray Allen, and they paired him with Paul Pierce, um, and then drafted Ray John Rondo. You know these these Warriors. You know they they drafted and developed a lot of uh, a lot of these players. You know we look at Sean Livingston, and we're like, well, they signed him. But people forget Sean Livingston isn't what you thought. He, you know the Sean Livingston you look at now, and the perception you have of him now, that's not who they 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 were signing. They were signing a guy who, who people thought he lost all his athleticism. People thought, you know, that knee injury basically robbed him of his career. He was also ran, you know. I, I don't know when how many teams he played for before then, but if I recall, it was Washington, it was the Clippers. He, he, he was becoming a journeyman. And now all of a sudden, you look at a guy who's playing within a system, and he looks good. Uh, yeah, if Gudala was a, a signing, 
you know, but he's more of a glue guy for them. You know, this four studs you're talking about is, is, is Draymond got drafted, right? Clay got drafted. Steph got drafted. Um, they all play on max contracts. Well, Steph didn't, right? Because Steph had the ankle injury. Um, so they basically got him on a steal, but they believed in his health. They believed in that the ankle was going to heal up and he was eventually going to live up to, to all that, you know, hype. And he did. And then you, you take, uh, uh, I guess Clay, Clay, you know, was playing on the max at the time, which is what, 16, 17 million. Dre was on his max, which was lower at the time. And Kevin Durant looked at that, and he and he chose that. But let's not fault Kevin Durant because where did he come from? He came from OKC that at one time had their own uh, drafted and developed Big Four, right? James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, and Kevin Durant sounds a lot like Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. The problem is these guys on Golden State see the bigger picture. Um, they're not, they're not maximizing their entire salaries because they want to win. They're kind of taking a page out of the San Antonio Spurs playbook. Everyone loves the Spurs for doing it. Everyone hates the Warriors for doing it. You know what I mean? So it's like, if OKC saw the big picture, them, you know, five years ago, would we be having this conversation? No. We'd be asking, how is this fair that OKC won't let these guys leave, um, to try to do it on their own because they won five straight championships together. We that's the conversation we'd be having right now. Yeah, right. Look, the Warriors, as they are known to do, man, Mike, they found separation again in the third quarter. And the third quarter throughout the entire series was Cleveland's kryptonite. You know, Clay Thompson made a key a, a, a key three-pointer to push their lead to 17. And a sense of doom settled in over the building. You know, I was hearing boos from the fans. You know, and the fourth quarter really was a muted celebration on a visiting bench. You know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they emptied the bench with about four minutes left. You know, LeBron James, he, he congratulated several of the Warriors as he checked out of the game to a standing ovation. And LeBron James finished with 23-8-7. and seven. You know, what could have been his final game in the Cleveland Cavaliers? You know, he, could, he can become a free agent this summer, Matt Mike. And his future's uncertain, and there's already reports that he's not even he's not even going to come back to Cleveland, and that his plans is to go somewhere else. You know, there's reports that he might go to the Lakers. There's reports that he might go to Philly. You know, Ennis Cantor has been out there, oddly enough, recruiting LeBron James. Please stop. Yeah, but but you know, the funny thing is, man, Mike, I just want to point this out. You know, so we had Carmelo Anthony here. And Carmelo Anthony was a star, supposedly a star that players wanted to play with, supposedly a star that said, well, I'm going to recruit these guys, a.k.a. my friends, you know, to consider New York, to try to come to New York, I'm going to do my part. And he didn't do that. So it's not so much, you know, that, you know, I mean, look, I'm not going to front. If LeBron James was to come to New York, I'll be happier than a pig in duty. You know what I'm saying? But the, the point that I'm making is that Ennis Cantor is actually a person that can opt out of his contract, is actually lobbying and, and, and trying to recruit a player to come here more so than Carmelo Anthony has ever done, at least that I've known of publicly, you know, as a New York Nick. So, I mean, it's, it's fantasy world. LeBron James is not going to come here. New Yorkers and fans, I don't think he's going to come here. You know, I, I think... If he goes to the Western Conference, if we said before, it's going to be a dogfight. The teams are so good in the Western Conference. He still has to get past 
the Golden State Warriors, you still got San Antonio, you got Houston, Utah so much better. You know, you have some good teams out there. Don't forget Portland. You know, so it's going to be a dogfight in New Orleans. And if he goes to the East, his path to the finals is a lot better. So let's just say LeBron James went to Philly, Mad Mike. If he went to Philly, I think with him, Ben Simmons, obviously we talked about Ben Simmons not being able to shoot the ball. So he would have to play off ball. And how successful would he be playing off ball? I don't know how that would work out. But even with that being said, I still also, throw in, don't, don't throw in Markel Fultz. Yeah, and Markel Fultz. You know, so with him going in, I still think, even with all of that, man, Mike, LeBron James is that good that Philly, you know, if he joined Philly, I think Philly will automatically, you know, be in the conversation as going to the NBA Finals next year. So let's see what this man does. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't disagree with that. I, I think it's just, you know, people want Philly to do good. Um, let's also not overlook the fact that Dave Griffin might be the guy getting the job there with this Colangelo mess. Um, that, you, you know, uh, LeBron didn't want Griffin to lose his job in Cleveland. So, um, uh, it makes sense. I, I get it, man. But you, you know where I'm coming from? Like when you put him in there, it changes. The, it, everyone just puts his name, you know, and, and yes, LeBron makes everybody better as far as every roster in, in the NBA will be better with LeBron on it. But I just think that he contradicts what what Philly, you know, what their young stars already do. I mean, you didn't even touch on the fact that he likes to stretch big man. And Joel Embiid, while he can shoot the outside jump shot, um, is not an outside in player. He's an inside out player, which is why it didn't work with Kevin Love. Is it going to work with LeBron and, and Embiid? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. So I, I personally don't think he's leaving, man. I just think that unless, the only reason he would leave now is to, to, to for, for championships, right? It, you, like Kobe said, if, if you're going to leave, if Kobe was going to leave the Lakers, he had to be assured he was a no he was no doubt going to win a championship, right? Um, to get that sixth championship or or that seventh. If you're LeBron James, one championship in Cleveland has solidified your legacy. Dude, we can actually, let's be honest, we can have this argument. Is he the greatest of all time? He bought one championship to, 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 to Cleveland, first time ever. He could hang up his hat. He, he, he doesn't have anything left to prove. I said I was going to do it, and I did it. Everything else from here on out is cake. Yeah, I will say, you know, this past series with, with LeBron James is probably one of the greatest playoff runs I've seen from an individual, not from a team. But from an individual. and I don't know. I don't disagree. Sometimes you can give everything you have and still come up short. And that's what happened with LeBron James. You know, so, again, you know, we talked about this after the game. He disclosed that he had seriously injured his right hand, you know, in a fit of frustration after game one. And game one, man, Mike, I thought that was a game that broke the camel's back. You know, Yeah, I never thought they had a shot. And I never thought they had a shot after. Yeah, they never recovered from that. You know, so game one was one, you know, again, we saw <laughs> J.R. Smith, man, he dribbled the wrong way, you know, and, and it was just such a deflating game, and that might have been, that was, not might have been, it was the beginning and the end for that team, because that was a game that they could have won, and obviously, if they would have won that, their confidence level would have been on a different level than turning around and not winning that game, and, you know, being on a different level, and you have, you know, your, your main guy, you know, obviously being upset and punching and who knows what was said in that locker room pretty sure it's pretty bad in that locker room you know but it, you know it's an emotional sport 
even to this day, we're both athletes and we both play competitively. You know, when things don't go right, you know, obviously you show your emotions and, you know, basketball is one of those sports just like baseball and football at times where sometimes players wear their emotions on their sleeves. But in situations like that, you know, you have to be and you have to be on top of your game and in game and know what's going on, especially in a situation like that from start to finish. Now, J.R. Smith is under contract for next season. So I don't know if Cleveland tries to trade him, if LeBron James wants him out, you know, because obviously Cleveland is going to do whatever LeBron James wants them to do if that's going to get him to stay. Well, here's the problem. If you're Cleveland, LeBron James is the reason that he's got that contract. You know, do you want to and do you want to keep trading away and taking back bad contracts to sake of of getting rid of guys? Remember when they made these trades because him and Jamison Crowder and him and, and uh, Isaiah Thomas couldn't play nice. They agreed not only to take back Larry Nance, which I think was a good, you know, good pickup for them. They also agreed to take on Jordan Clarkson and bad money. You know, that's money that's now stuck on, on the, uh, you know, on the books for three years. So uh, how many more times, you, you, uh, unless he signs a five-year deal, this is what I'm going to say to you. Unless LeBron James signs that five-year $209 million contract, um, four years, two hundred nine million dollars, whatever it is, right? I'm not, I'm not trading. I'm not making any moves. I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna stay as I am until I have more than one year commitment from you, because one year is not enough to 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 remake a roster. It's not enough to to reshape my cap. And you're that's why Kyrie left. Kyrie was like, yo, I'm not getting stuck with LeBron's team. He won't commit long-term, and we're making moves specifically to his strengths. The guys that he wants get deals here. You think Kyrie's stupid enough to to look at the team and say, J.R. Smith and and, and Tristan Thompson are making over $30 million combined? Who, Who wanted them to get paid? LeBron, not me. Yeah, I mean, they asked LeBron James, you know, if it was his last game in the Cavaliers uniform, and he said at this point, you know, I have no idea, but... As he weighs in on his possibilities, I'm sure that he'll surely reflect on the Warriors, you know, an all-star collective that has reshaped the league. And that's the direction that the NBA is going in. And, you know, Steph Curry was quoted as saying that they want to keep this thing going. You know, Kevin Durant said he'll take, you know, he's not going to take super less money, but he'll take less money to stay. And all this is proved, man, Mike, and what we both agree on and we both say that teams need multiple stars to win against this Golden State Warriors team. So not but, even but a generation. Clay said it too. Huh? Wait a minute. Clay, Clay said it too. Uh, and after game one, said I'm paid handsomely. I live in the Bay. You, you, and I play on a winning team. I don't need max money. I don't need this kind. He said it too. I can leave money on the table. He's comfortable leaving. He understands something. You know, uh, the one thing I hear from fans that they complain about is these greedy players, these greedy players. Well, these guys play a game, but if you could play the game they play, you you know what I mean? You you would be there, not them. So Clay understands that, but Clay also he Clay knows that this is his job. Clay knows that 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 how much work he has to put in to be able to do this job. But you know what else he also knows? That the name of the game in the end of the day is winning. And he's over here saying, I'm willing to leave money on the table. Even if I left $3 million a year on the table, if Kevin Durant left $3 million a year on the table, what does that get them? This is still $20 million plus a year for, for, for them. Dre, the same thing. I leave $3 million on the table. You know, I think Curry signed for the full max. 
But like Curry, is, Curry, like we Curry at the end of the at the end of the day, I think he's making over three hundred million. Yeah, something something crazy. But remember something. He also played on on a, like a five year forty million dollar or four year forty four million dollar deal. He was significantly underpaid through this entire run. So I'm not mad at him. But what I'm saying is, um, when when three guys give three million dollars back each. We look at it and say, oh, it's only two, three million dollars. But you know what two, three million dollars each is? Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. That's how you pay and keep those guys. And that's what they're doing. They see the big picture. You're right. And that's the key to them winning, you know, is 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 those guys understanding the situation and understanding the dynasty and the opportunity they have in front of them. They're willing to sacrifice so the other guy can get paid. And, you know, they're okay with Steph being a man. You know, let's face it, this is Steph Curry's team. You know, so the man got paid and everybody else is falling into place and it's it's working out for them and they're young. All those guys are young. So you could be looking at, you know, you could be looking at a team that can very well go back to the NBA Finals next year. And the only team that really cha- challenged them in the playoffs, Mad Mike, was the Houston Rockets. Yeah, but, but you want to know what? And I'm tired of hearing this too because someone like Stephen A. Smith, well, I, I I fully believe if Chris Paul didn't get hurt that the the Houston Rockets would have been in the finals. Well, Lloyd, I can sit here and tell you if Andre Iguodala didn't bump knees with James Harden in game three and miss the next what, uh five games, this one that would have never been a series. The only reason I I'd argue with you, the only reason Houston was even in that series is because Andre Iguodala was hurt. Remember something, Andre Iguodala might be not be Chris Paul, superstar Chris Paul, but he was in their starting five. They lost a starter for the final four games of that series. So I, I, I sit here and argue with everybody else. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I had a discussion with somebody, and I said the same thing. I was like, well, you know, if Chris Paul wouldn't have got hurt, it would have been a different story. And then he did bring up Andre Iguodala. And, you know, you bring up Andre Iguodala, and that's a fair point. You know, but with that being said, you know – that's how things planned out, panned out, and you know, Golden State ended up winning in seven. But out of you know, throughout the entire playoff run, Houston was the one team that you know that that kind of no, you're right, you're pushed right. The envelope, you know, against this team as this team just ran through everybody else. You know, so and, and I mean, you know, with with that being said, obviously, you know, now players are going to want to go to Golden State to win a championship. Uh, Nick Young. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to get players of better caliber that's going to go there and, you know, and, and want to win a championship with this team. So this team is yeah. only going to get better. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, like I said, I don't think this is the best team. That I thought that, you know, the team that they lost to the Cavs was better than this team. You know, but yeah. they're going to get, you know, you're going to get players like, oh, my, you know, oh, snap, I'm at the end of my career. You know, it would be nice to win a championship. I don't. I don't even think that, man. Honestly, I don't think that that you're gonna see. I don't think you're gonna see that many guys. I, I think you're gonna see more guys uh, in their prime of their career, willing to take a little less and go in and play in there um, on a one, two year deal, trying to, you know, uh, kind of like the Patriots, right? Everybody on the Patriots gets overpaid. Uh, when they leave the Patriots because you think that you're getting something special. So what I'm saying is I think this system, like Nick Young, for example, right? I'll play here for two years, see if I can get my stock up uh, playing in this system, and then I try to cash out to take a two-year, you know, $25 million deal somewhere else, you know, to, to finish off my career. I think you're going to see more guys doing that, 
you know, less of the David West and more of the Nick Youngs, and, and meaning less guys at the end of their rope, and, and some guys that are just like, like I want to be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see what happens, you know, but that's why I say, you know, if you get, it's all about having superstars. You got to have a superstar that somebody wants, not, and let me not say all about having superstars, because there are teams that have superstars. You got to have a superstar that players want to play with. Correct. You know, and as much as I was a big Carmelo Anthony fan, and we got it, you know, we used to go back and forth on Melo, and I used to go back and forth, you know, about Carmelo Anthony with other people. You know, the bottom line is that I, what I see now that Melo is not here is that nobody wants to play with Melo. And this dude wears out his welcome. As oh, why he's is already that? doing so in OKC, and he, he has a player option. So you come out and you say all these things, and you're probably going to... Hey, did you, did you see Steven Adams? Did you see him like that, that tweet that said that uh, they need to get rid of Melo? Yeah, I saw that, and then he had... And then blame fat had, fingers or something? Yeah, thick fingers or something like that. You usually, you know, I always tell people, you know, watch what you say. You know, because usually when you say something, most of the time you mean it. Or the majority of the time you mean it, or almost all the time you mean it. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I don't I don't I don't you know, I'm not with the oh my fingers were big and you know I pressed I pressed the wrong you know, he he meant that. No, of course that. he meant it. He he meant it, but you know, probably someone got to him and is like, yo man, we're trying to trade him, you're hurt and you know, his value's already down. But if people, you know, if you confirm what people around the league think that, that you know, this is destined to fail, he just doesn't fit in our locker room, um, who's going to give us, you know, more than a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, uh, the one thing, and I said it, the one thing I always saw about Melo was Melo was never going to defer. And I know, we, well, you know, then maybe this will take us into our next talk, but the one thing about him that I always saw, and you, said, you used to tell me, but who else is on the team? Who else is on the team? And I and the one thing that I always took away from watching him was we'll never know who else is on the team because he refuses to let other people shine. You know what I mean? When he had Amari Stoudemire, this was Amari's team. You know, Amari is, is was the first guy to say, I'm taking the Knicks money. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of it, which is why he took it. But he was the first guy to, to, to say, you know, we're, we're going to try to bring this back. And, and you can say whatever you want. I know guys didn't come, you know, to play with Melo, but... Amari was out there, you know, Amari wanted, remember Amari's like, I want Tony Parker, I want this one, I want, we ended up with Tyson Chandler, it ruined everything, but, you know, just, just saying, like, he never wanted to share that spotlight, like, he came to New York to become a bigger star off the court, I, I he was not going to give up that shine to, to the likes of anybody. You're right, and now he's in OKC, and he's going to be one of those players that nobody, you know, that's an unwanted player. Look, face it, he has no choice but to take this option, man, Mike, because Melo is never going to make close to what he's making now, probably ever again in his NBA career. So if he's, if he's smart, he's going to pull a Ron Baker, and he's going to take that money, and then after this year is up, he'll play somewhere, and he'll probably make $10 million, 10 to $15 million, maybe around, you know, between 10 and $15 million, I believe, or maybe even less. You know, who knows, even if Melo is one of those guys that says, well, I want to go, let's just say he says, oh, I want to go to Golden State to win a championship. Does Golden State even want him? Do you even want that possible cancer to spread? Um, I mean, I, what I'll say to, to I, I think they would, I, I won't say they wouldn't consider him, because um, I think that, that, like you just said, do you want that cancer to spread? Well, you know, if they were able to bring Nick Young on, who, who was viewed as, you know, 
he, a guy who you couldn't bring into a locker room either. Um, him, I, I think they could manage it. Uh, I, on that team, I, as a matter of fact, I think Golden State would be a perfect fit for him um, simply because they're, they're, he'd have to check his ego out the door. Look, we, we've won four titles already. Um, uh, I mean, three titles already. We've been to four straight finals. Uh, we're talking about after next season. So let's just say four titles in five in five years. Um, we don't need you. We'll gladly bring you on, give you your shot at a, at a finals, uh, give you your shot at, at a, a, a title. But you're coming off the bench. Not only are you coming off the bench, but the first time I hear anything out of you, you become a problem. You're out of here. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, but I can, I, I mean, it's funny enough, I can see that happening, but, you know, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for being NBA champions, and, you know, much respect to LeBron James, aka Thanos, and, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers for, you know, really battling and beating some teams that I didn't think they were going to beat, you know, in the playoffs, I didn't think they were going to beat Boston, and I didn't think they were going to beat Toronto, but that shows, you know, uh, how Toronto is, we always talk about Toronto, and I don't want to get into all that, and, you know, but Boston is going to be better, because Boston is going to get Haywood back, and Boston is going to have Kyrie, so it's going to be interesting to see next, what's going on with those guys next year, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, the Knicks filled out the rest of their coaching staff, and Mad Mike sent me a picture of a player who I'm going to let him reveal who that player was. And he said, your boy, oh my gosh. And we're going to touch up on some Mets and Yankees. So we'll be right back with more of the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, my name is A.O., Aaron Omar Baker. And I'm the producer for the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Show. Listen, for starters, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And thank you for sharing the show. If you aren't already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Tune in. Just head over to LloydAThompson.com. All the information is there. And if you want to send a question to the guys, they'll answer it on a future show. You can do so at the website or directly by email it's lloyd at part of my fresh.com all right that's it real quick real simple let's get back to the show welcome back to the lloyd a thompson and mad mike sports talk show before we went to the break i was talking about the knicks filling out the rest of their coaching staff mad mike and which they did so the new york knicks they hired former nba coach keith smart and three others as assistants on fitzdale's coaching staff they have judd bushler pat sullivan and Royal Ivy, you know, were also added Thursday to join Fitzdale, who was hired last month to replace Jeff Hornacek. Now, Smart coached in Cleveland, Golden State, and Sacramento, and he was most recently an assistant to Fitzdale and later J.B. Bickerstaff in Memphis. Now, he was also an assistant alongside Fitzdale in Miami. He worked under Eric Spolstra and Sullivan Ivy, you know, have both been NBA assistants. So, you know, Bushler spent the past two seasons as a Lakers player development coach and the Knicks are preparing for their first draft on the Fitzdale as they had the ninth pick in this draft, Matt Mike. So they worked out Villanova's, your boy. They worked out Mikel Bridges from Villanova, you know, on Thursday. And they'll bring in Duke's Wendell Carter on Friday. And, you know, they, they're supposedly they're intrigued by Otto Porter Jr. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks... Michael, Michael. I'm sorry, yes. Michael, Michael Porter Jr. So it's going to be interesting to see what direction the Knicks go in, but they seem to be leaning in a direction where they feel that they need a pure three on the court and that this two-guard thing is not going to work out for those guys. So it seems like Fisdale is surrounding themselves with good coaches. Again, 
Kurt Rambis is gone. So the coaches, obviously you hate to see anybody lose a job, but, you know, keeping guys that are there, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he kept anybody from the previous staff, um, but, you know, he's bringing in his people, and that's good. And, you know, hopefully, again, the Knicks management, you know, they let him do his thing and let him coach. And it's going to be interesting to see. So it seems like he bring, he's bringing on guys, you know, that are well-respected, you know, around the league. And, you know, let's see how this works out for the team. But I don't know if you have anything to say on these assistant coaches, Matt, Mike. But you also sent me a picture of a player who I'll let you reveal to the listeners, you know, as your boy. So, I mean, again, I was like, okay, you know, it looked like he was in the weight room putting in that work. But that's still, I'm like, whatever with this dude. So go ahead and let the fans or the listeners know who you were talking about and who you sent me a picture of. Uh, I sent you a picture of Frank Nilekina and his new body. Um, looks like like he's he's pretty much filled out. Yeah, and, dude look like what? he's it's been lifting. It looked like he's been lifting dump trucks in the off season so far. Yeah, and you want to know what? Uh, he's got he's got KP tweeting a picture out. He's got the coaching staff tweeting a picture out. So you know, I can tell you this. Um, they also tweeting out pictures of his work uh, uh, of of him. You know, his uh. His ball handling, he's working on that. Uh, it looks like everybody is is pretty hyped about you know the work he's put in. So um, if you if your coach that you're selling me on, you know uh, that 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 you telling me you know pump the brakes, Mike, um, give him a shot. Uh, if, if he is anything as good as what he he you say he's going to be, and he really does believe in Frank, he said it numerous times in numerous interviews. Um, I'm eager to see what this kid's going to bring because what was the number one thing? He had two things everybody said he had to work on. It wasn't his jump shot. Um, it was his body. He had to fill out his body. He needed more of an NBA frame, which we can see in these pictures he clearly got. And it was his ball handling. And by the way, I will say this. You know who his best friend is? Do you have any idea who his best friend is? I have absolutely zero idea. Donovan Mitchell. You know what Donovan Mitchell said about uh, Frank Milikina? What did he say about this young man? Say he's gonna be a star. So uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he sees it, and he's saying, "Give him a shot." Was it the coaching staff? Did, did they just not invest enough? Did they not give him the minutes? That you know, whatever it was. But you got other guys around the league that are telling you this kid is gonna be a star. Waited out. He was the youngest player in the draft. He's 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 younger than almost everybody um, in this year's coming draft. He's still younger than them today. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that the Knicks are doing, man, that, that I do like. Uh, I'll be very honest with you. I don't know if you had heard about um, they made Miles Bridges and Kevin Knox uh, play each other one-on-one. No, um, I didn't hear about that. They seem to be doing work things out. the yeah. right way, Matt, Mike. Yeah, you so, you know. To, and I think Scott Perry has a lot to do with that, and I believe that Fitzdale has a lot to do with that. I don't think any of this is Steve Mills doing because this doesn't seem like something that Steve Mills would do. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, I'm right. not giving him um, no credit at all, man, Mike. No, but, you know, the reason that this intrigues me, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure maybe a lot of people in, are like, ah, oh, whatever, it's not a big deal. But I'm going to tell you why it intrigues me, because Miles Bridges has maybe the, the, the outside of uh, – Aiton, um, he probably has the most physical frame. Um, you know, he's got a body of an NBA ball player. He's ready to come in now and bang. And Kevin Knox is is not that far off. I mean, uh, offensively is where you probably question both games. Um, Kevin Knox is a little taller, a little longer, um, 
And if you really do like Miles Bridges, what he brings, um, the knock on him is that he's shorter. He's got a he, he's got a, a wingspan below seven, uh, seven feet. Um, so, but he can jump out of the gym. So playing a guy like Kevin Knox kind of gives you an idea of what he'd be able to do against some of these other uh, power forwards. You know, the taller guys in the NBA right now. So I thought it was, you know, from that standpoint, I thought it was a pretty brilliant move on their part. Um, I don't think that they're going to be the guy. I saw actually Michael Porter's uh, drop in on the big board. Um, it, it, it really makes me excited that they're talking about bringing him back for you know a second uh, look. Uh, because that's to me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on the bridges and, um, you know, Wendell Carter has actually won me over. Um, I know I, I knocked him, but, uh, I like to, it, it, you know, if you want to let Cantor go and save some money, uh, you replace him with Wendell Carter, put him next to KP. If Frank turns into the goods and Moody turns into the goods, you got yourself a nice little four. Um, but if Michael Porter's there, that's the guy. I just don't think he's going to be there. So I'm focused on, on you know, more realistic options. Yeah, somebody's going to be there that the Knicks can pick that's going to help this team out. And, you know, we said it before, Michael Porter Jr. is my first pick. And forgive me for saying Otto Porter, who plays with the Washington Wizards. But Michael Porter is my first pick, and, and Miles Bridges from Villanova is my second pick. And, you know, it's a toss-up between McCall I'm, I'm sorry, Mikel. Yeah, I just don't want to confuse the fans. And they're like, I'm wait confu- a minute. Listen, you, you, I'm confused. The lefty or the righty? <laughs> I'm confused, man. Damn it. The Bridges from Villanova. The bridge for the Bridges from Villanova is who I would pick if, if Michael Porter Jr. is off the board. And then the Bridges from Michigan State is who I would pick if he's not there. The toss-up between him, Knox, and Wendell Carter Jr. I think Carter Jr. is going to be off the board. So, you know, we're saying that Michael Porter Jr. might be off the board. But at that point, we all we Any, we both anybody but Trey Young, right? Anybody but Trey yeah, Young. Listen, we both. I think we both <laughs> could agree that one of the Bridges and Knox is going to be there when the Knicks pick at number nine. Yeah, I'm with you though. I think I'm with you in, this, in, in, in your order. I think I'm going to say Michael Porter, uh, Mikel Bridges, Wendell Carter. That, that, I think that's my three. Um, you know, I, I think, and then and then yeah, like you said, then I'll go Miles Bridges. Um, I got to see more of Kevin Knox, and, and I know you're going to tell me this is unfair of me to say it, but um, Kentucky has not had a good track record of, of recent drafts uh, with their one-and-done guys, two-and-done guys. Um, Calipari doesn't seem like he's developing these guys outside of the true, true, true uh, special talents. I mean, I know you knock uh, Frank Nilekina, but you know Malik Monk had a worse year than Frank Nilekina. Yeah, well, my thing is, you know, it, and it could be that I, I knocked Frank Nittalikina maybe because it was the way he was coached, man. Mike, you brought up a great point. You know, maybe Jeff Hornacek coached him to play a certain way on the court. You know, and you would expect more or better from Jeff Hornacek because he was a guard. So supposedly Fitzdale is a whiz when it comes to guards. And maybe he can get the most or maximize the most out of this young man, the potential that this young man has. I don't doubt that this young man has potential. You know, but somebody has to bring it out. And maybe Fitzdale is the man that could bring it out because obviously Jeff Hornacek didn't. Maybe Fitzdale is the guy that could bring out, the, you know, the, the goods in Emmanuel Moutier because I think he has it also. Jeff Hornacek didn't bring it out. You know, no, you, I, I mean, you're right. You're right. And, and, uh, and you really can't say that he brought out anything in Trey Burke because Trey Burke was who Trey Burke was. He was a player that was already in the league. You know, he played well when he was in Utah. And then after he left Utah, you know, he kind of got, 
you know, he, it, it became a numbers game for him. You know, so we all know he can play. So the Knicks have some, they have some guards. This is why I will probably lose my mind if they, if they, um, if they draft Trey Burke. The, the Knicks have three guards under 25 years old. Three point guards yeah. under 25 yeah. years old. There's no and, need for Trey Burke at all. Yeah, and based on the picture I sent you, um, Frank Nilakina might be able to play some shooting guard. Yeah, and you, and so, you, and you drafted Frank Nilakina as a point guard. Yeah, so, so you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to, there's no way you can justify it. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if they're blowing smoke um, to make guys like Orlando, uh, you know, some of these teams ahead of him feel like, hey, man, Trey Young, I have to ha I have to have him. I don't even, you know, just miss me with it. Like, stop stop playing. To, you, you, you play this game to the point where maybe you convince yourself that, uh, you know, we know maybe they don't want him and they're blowing smoke, but they talk themselves into him so much that they're like, we got to have this guy. Don't even go there, man. Start 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 looking elsewhere. Yeah, I would I wouldn't even board him in for a workout because that's not what you need. Obviously I know nah. you gotta take the best player on a on a on a draft board, but I don't even think he's the best player of the guys that'd be available on a draft board, like the bridges and stuff like that. Who's to say that? Because he didn't play well in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I mean but but you wanna know what, man? and I watched a lot of Trey Young. Um, I got a guy at work, Big John. Shout out to Big John. Um, he's over here telling me, oh, man, you got to look at this kid. This kid is Steph Curry. You know, I know Alonzo uh, was supposed to be shooted like Steph Curry, blah, blah, blah. This guy is the truth. And I watched him one game, and I'm like, yo, this guy is this guy's a problem. But then I started watching him again, and I started watching him against, you know, a guy you like, Javon Carter from West Virginia. And um, I just see Javon Carter like, you know what? Why why am I getting into the flash with this guy? You know, this guy's all flashy. He's not making guys any better. Um, I'm just gonna back this guy he down. Took, he I'm just gonna muscle him that, up. He took the heart out of his chest. I watched Correct. he took the heart out of his chest, man, Mike. Yeah, so so and that's and and then and, 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 and we're talking about the same exact game, and that started a free fall for Oklahoma. And I, I don't need to see that. We, we've seen enough free falls here. I don't need that. Why does your dad want you to come here? Not because your dad thinks you're the best player in the draft. Because coming to New York, like we just spoke about Carmelo Anthony, makes you an instant star. That's all people care about. Listen, I won't I be don't mad. Care about that obviously, obviously not taking Javon Carter with the first pick. But I think Javon Carter is a second-round talent or maybe yes. a free agent talent. He's an excellent defensive point guard. You know, and it'd be great that I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't mind kicking the ties if the Knicks would have looked and signing Javon Carter off the free agent wire, you know, when 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 the draft is over and see what they have. You know, I, I would I would rather have him than, than Trey Young. I'm a, I'll be honest with you, I'm a fan in the second round of Anthony Simmons. Um nice shooting guard. Uh he he's he's a twenty five to thirty five uh He's in that range of 25 to 35, so he could actually go in the first round. Um, he's a nice developmental player. Um, I know you're going to tell me a little redundant uh, because uh, uh, Damian Dotson is also a nice little you know, second-round developmental player at the shooting guard. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that kind of competition. Uh, but you did touch on something at the beginning of the show. Um, which is another reason that I think we need to stop with this uh, Sexton or Trey Young talk. And that's the fact that you, if you're preparing um, a, a run at Kyrie Irving or if he's trying to get to New York, um, he's a point guard, dude, right? So, 
Not saying you got to move on from Moutier or Nilakina, but if, if you're going to try to get Kyrie Irving, you don't draft the point guard again back-to-back years. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't draft two point guards uh, back-to-back years and then sign a max point guard. I, I totally agree, and, and before we move on to the Yankees and the Mets, man, Mike, the one thing that scares me more so than anything else is I'm starting to have a little bit of faith in the Knicks organization. And their management. <laughs> That's scaring me. That's really scaring me. It's really scaring oh, me, man, no. because I have a feeling that because that's happening, and I'm going to hear with the ninth pick, the New York Knicks select such and such from Serbia. I, I have a feeling I'm just going to hear that. Let me tell you something. If Doncic falls to number nine and they select him, but I'm not, let's not, let's not talk about Doncic because we know that Doncic is going to be off. I'm talking about somebody else. You know, like Frederick Bryce or something like that. Listen, I promise you, when when it's all said and done, you're going to hear one of three names. Uh, It's either it's going to be Wendell Carter, uh, depending on what they think uh, uh, Ennis Cantor is going to do. It's going to be Michael Porter if he falls, or it's going to be Mikel Bridges. And if those three guys are all not there, I, I don't know. Then then that means that somebody high up like Muhammad Bamba, Jaron Jackson, uh, Marvin Bagley had to fall. That's what that means. Because yeah. right now on most mock drafts, Sexton is going outside of the top 10, um, and we're still getting our guys. So that, that means one of, if one of those guys fall, yo, once again, Consider ourselves Mike McCagnan of the NBA. And continue to stay tuned, listeners, because me and Mad Mike are going to have our NBA mock draft at some point to go over the first, just like we did with the, with the NFL. You know, we'll go over the first 10 picks and then we'll start building more and more, you know, as the NBA draft comes, you know, comes cl- draws closer and closer. But, but Mad Mike, let's move on to baseball. We had a Subway series that was played over the weekend at Masahiro Tanaka. One of the Yankees' best starting pitchers, he went on a disabled list, and because I mean he made it from third to you know from third to home on a sack fly, he ended up you know there's a mild strain on both hamstrings, and he was placed on a ten day disabled list. You know, and the Yankees at this point are the best team in baseball, and one team that is capable of winning 110 games this season or even more. Matt Mike, so you want to know how good they are? Let's let's just break this down, Matt Mike. They have the record that they have without Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton really getting hot yet. You know, Aaron Judge has played well, and Giancarlo yeah, Stanton. Aaron, Aaron Judge, yeah, Aaron Judge has been hot. I mean, I, but he's, he's I in a cold he's, well, I mean, he has, you're not hot when you're striking out eight times in a doubleheader. All right, and I understand that that's baseball, but I know we've yeah, seen, but, but we've if seen you want to say he's having on a, the a, a cold before. week. If you're saying he's having a cold week, that's I'm one not, thing. I'm not saying he's having but a cold he's, week. He's, what I'm saying is I don't think that he's hot. And, I I mean, at some point, these guys are going to start ripping the cover off the ball. I mean, let's face it. And, and you know, in the Mets series, I mean, he has some big home runs. But, you know, he was going one for four, you know, one for five. You know, I'm talking about when Aaron Judge gets back to going two for four, three for four. He's that yeah, type of hitter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just two, two weeks ago, he was over 300. He's, he's had a bad... Um, he's had a bad ten game stretch. I mean, go that's look at the numbers, and, which means he's not hot, and that's baseball. Yeah, but, but, you, but, but what saying, you're saying is that he he didn't have a hot stretch. No, I didn't say that. I said that he's the... really. I said he's really not hot. That's what I said. I didn't say he have a hot stretch. I said he's really not hot at the moment. 
Him and Giancarlo Stanton are really not hot. The Stanton hit five home runs last week. But the he's dude's hot. hitting. He's hitting two hundred. He's hitting under two hundred. Yeah, he's but, but that's what I'm saying. Or he's hitting under two hundred. And we uh, all know that Gary Sanchez. He was hot last he's week. He's better than that. Just because you go on a stretch where you hit, because you hit five home runs, that don't make you hot. He's not a 200 hitter, yeah, man, but Mike. Be, but then, then I'd argue the same thing. Just because you have a 10-game stretch where you're not hot doesn't mean you weren't hot. Judges no. carried the team all year. Now, I don't know about all year. He's had some help. You got to throw in Gabe. You got to throw in Gleyber Torres. You got to throw in Miguel Andujar. He's, he's, he's three home runs off the AL lead, and he's like eight RBIs off, off the AL lead. He's been hot. What I'm saying is he hasn't hit his full. I don't think he's really hit his full potential of what he has or what he can do. I don't think Giancarlo Stanton hit his full potential. I don't think um, Gary Sanchez has hit his full potential. Like I said, Gary Sanchez is not a 230 hitter. I don't think Didi DeGorius is a. I mean, Didi DeGorius is a 230 hitter. I'm sorry. I don't think Sanchez is a 190, 200 hitter. Whether or not he's hitting home runs or not, he's not a 200 hitter. That's the point that I'm making. So no, I hear point, you. Well, what I'm saying is, like you just said, it's baseball. Uh, Sanchez had a, Sanchez is the only one that that I, I've kind of been down on. Um, Stan has had had some streaks where he's been unstoppable. Uh, Didi carried us all the way through April. Judges for the most part until the last freaking you know ten twelve games or whatever stretch it was um, was carrying us. The, the rookies are, are have been unbelievable. But then I say the same thing to you. Andrew Hart had one uh, uh, leading up to the final week of May. Um, the, through the three weeks of May, he had one of the worst offensive uh, uh, numbers out there. Um, everything was singles. He had he had uh, his slugging percentage was 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 down. It was god awful, and um, they, he wasn't taking any walks. It's, it's it's I understand what you're saying, um, but I think it's inaccurate um, to look at. Uh, either you got to look at it as a whole, and then you can say it, or, or you got to look at it in 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 uh, segments and. I just, I'm not down on, I'm the only, I'm really can't say I'm down on too many of them. Uh, Gary Sanchez, I'm down on, and, and Didi has to find his way through I'm this. I'm not but saying, I'm not, see, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm down on any of them. What I'm saying is that they really haven't hit their full stride or got as hot as these guys or these players have been last year or the year before that or in their career thus far. That's what I'm saying. I'm not down on anybody. I didn't say they're playing terrible. All I said was that they're really not hot yet. I mean, but but uh, so we can have the conversation about Stanton, right? Stanton has uh, 14 home runs, right? 15 home runs. Uh, before last year, his his career high was 37. So he's he, uh, last year. I'll tell you was the outlier. So I, I'd say actually, you want to know what Stanton's right on on par with what he's done his entire career. And go look at the numbers. Said last year was the outlier. I mean, look, both of these guys are striking out quite a bit. At some point, they're, they're I don't, both of them are always going to strike out over two hundred. Both of these guys are going to strike out as much. I think both of these guys are players that can that can put the ball in play. And Judge I think struck out over two hundred times last year. I but, mean, but if we're going to go I, based I, I on history, they're striking out more. So I I can't even remember when the last time Aaron Judge has struck out eight times in consecutive at bats. Almost, I'm just saying it's baseball. It happens. It happens. I mean, he, he broke I mean, the record for most strikeouts in consecutive games last year. Right, he well, we're we're going to agree to disagree. I just think you're misunderstanding the point that I made is that they're really not hot yet. I didn't say that they were, I was down on their play. What I said is that they're, the Yankees are winning baseball games, and these guys are really not hot yet. 
I mean, no, at, I, I understood what you said. At, I at just, one point, I, I disagree. At one point, Aaron Judge was hitting over 300. Now he's hitting close to 280 somewhere, or maybe under 280. So you know, obviously, with that being said, that you if you go from hitting 300 to 280, you have to go on a, a stretch where you're not hitting a ball. You're getting yeah, hit. Yeah, doesn't mean that obviously this you're team not is hitting, hot. You're not this team is hot. What else we want? They would. They. they, they the, the team is hot, dude. Like talking about a team that started nine and nine. They're forty two and eighteen. Bro, they're hot. You're not listening to me. No, you're I hear about, you. It's you're just talking wrong. about the team. I'm not talking about. Of course, obviously the team has to be playing well. Listen, the, nine guys never that. get hot at the same time. It never happens. You need I'm three not even guys saying at a time that. to I named be two hot. Players. And that's what they've gotten. I named two players. Three players. I said Judge. Stanton and Sanchez. I said they haven't really gotten hot. I I, I can't agree with that. I that's, think eighteen and forty five. I said they really haven't gotten hot yet. I don't know how I, you could, I, I don't know how you can say a player hitting two hundred is hot. I don't even know how you can say that. I really because don't know I, how you can say. Because I know how to look at the because I, I, I look at the game as streaks. You're, you're looking at it and and overall. Do you want it to be streaks? Do you want it to be overall? That's how you make your money. That's how you make your money as an athlete. At the end of the How? season, if a player's up for a contract where they're a free agent, you don't say, oh, I had a streak where I hit 10 games in a row and my right, batting so, average is so, 200. So, so, so I'll say this to you. Gary Sanchez is having the worst season of his career and still leads catchers in home runs and RBIs for the American League. He's not hot. He's having a bad year. But you want to know what? He had two stretches where he absolutely tore the cover And you're the making and my point. He's hitting 200. And he's not a 200 hitter. Uh, it's, it's, he's yeah, not a 200 but, but, hitter. He's not. Gary Sanchez is not it's, a 200 it's, hitter. It's, 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 it's not a good argument. He's, he's not. He's not. And it's not an argument. I, I, it's not an argument. So I, I, saw, I saw them make the same argument on, on ESPN about these guys. It's, it's a bad argument. I mean, uh, especially lumping judging. Lumping judging. You know, two weeks ago, we're talking about uh, the, 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 the leader vote-getter. Uh, you know, this guy is actually having a better season than he did last year. And now, all of a sudden, we're like, he hasn't gotten hot yet. Yes, he has gotten hot. I'm talking about at this particular point in time, Matt, Mike. I'm not, you're not listening to me, bro. No, but, but that's what I'm telling you. You can't have it both ways. If we're going to look at this particular time, then, then that's still an inaccurate statement. How, how are we going to say that these guys but, haven't gotten hot yet? All right, so if, if, so if Aaron Judge, if he's hitting over 300 at one point, and he goes from hitting 320 to hitting 270-something, he's hot? The only one that on the team that hasn't gotten hot yet, the two guys that, that haven't gotten hot yet is is Stan and and Gary is not that he hasn't gotten hot. He just hasn't been able to sustain anything. He sustained a cold streak more than he sustained and his And that's not streak. getting hot. You you just bought you just made my point. Nah, you're you wrong. say he's a coach, he gets not hot, man, Mike. How is he hot? Who, do you know who who stays hot from April through September? Mike Trout. That's it. All right. Well, it's look, never, let's, let's move on because we're gonna agree. We're gonna continuously agree to disagree. I don't think if you're hitting 200, you're hot. You just said Stanton is not hot. So in that one minute Stanton, you said he was. You now you're saying he's not. You said Gary Sanchez is, and now you're saying he's not. But, but so, you see my point? You just said right now, right? You said, but Aaron Judge is not hot I right now. I said right now the Yankees are winning baseball games where three of their top players are this, really not but, as hot as they can possibly uh, uh, hit in their stride. When Stan, all of, when Stan hits his stride and Stan hits home runs and that stuff, then the Yankees, then those guys are hot. 
The Yankees, the problem five is, is that five games. that just goes to show how well this team is playing because those, again, Stanton is striking out quite a bit, and he's a strikeout guy, and so is Judge. But when you go from hitting over 300 to hitting under 280, there's a point where you're not hitting the ball. You're on a little bit of a cold streak. It's baseball. It happens. It happens. Yeah, but, but, but okay, so now when they go on a hot streak, and that means someone else is going to go on a cold streak. Right. Which means when the team goes, is what? Listen, it's different when, when Stanton, Judge, or Sanchez goes on a hot streak compared to Greg Bird, Didi the guy. It's completely different. That's wrong. It's wrong because you it's saw Didi's hot streak. 10 home runs so, and 30 RBIs. So, so it, 10 it, home D, runs and 30 DD RBIs in the month of April. Didi the Gorgeous will go on a hot streak and hit 10 home runs like Sanchez or, or Stanton or Aaron Judge can? You just saw him do it in April. All right, what is he done? What is he? He's not a home run hitter, Mike. Didi DeGorris is not a home run hitter. For the first time in his career last year, he had 25 home runs. He's not a home run hitter. That's not his game. That's not his game. If you think Didi DeGorris is going to stop popping the ball out the park, you're sadly mistaken. Didi DeGorris' game is not hitting home runs. Hey, 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 who holds the... Who holds the record for most home runs? 25 home runs, which is the most he's hit Gregorius, in his entire right? career. Year? 25 is the most no, he's hit in his entire matter, career. But you, you, you're telling me. I'm telling you what I saw last so year. What is he, what he, he done? So, okay, he won, has, his how many home runs has he hit since that, that, that hot streak? Well, his game is being the best, uh, the, 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 the best offensive short power hitting shortstop the New York Yankees have. And the, uh, that's that, what he's showing us. That's not his game. His game is not home runs. And What's again, you're missing my point. I'm game? saying when Sanchez, Judge, and Stan get hot, they pop the ball out the park because that's what they do. They're home run hitters. You can't honestly sit here and say that D.D. DeGorius is a home run hitter because nobody thought he was a home run hitter until he started hitting home runs for the Yankees. Yeah, but, 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 but because solo, if there's nobody on base, they're hitting solo home runs. What I'm telling you is that we've already seen that there's other guys on this team that can carry this team offensively, and they've proven that their numbers, uh, when they're hot, can be just as special as those guys. And, and Glaber Torres just won Rookie of the Month in May with a similar month to anything these guys have ever shown you. It's just that simple. I don't, I don't think that we need these guys to, to go on a tear um, to be special. And if they do go on a tear, other guys will cool off, um, a la uh, Tyler Austin, who was amazing and all of a sudden can't hit the ball too for his last 26 with 18 strikeouts. I mean, it is what it is, dude. Like, this team isn't going to become any more special if those guys get hot. This team is 24 games over 500. With, with, with a patchwork rotation and a bullpen that's finally pitching like they're supposed to. Again, I, again, like I said, you know, Judge has 18, Homer Stanton has 15, and in my opinion, I get the sense that both of those guys are just... And Gary has what? Points. How many does Gary so have? The Yankees are I'm still at 700. They're still at how, how much does Gary have? 12? So they have 45 between the three of them? Okay, that's, and I'm that's, saying that right. at some point, that's going to increase. That's what I'm saying. At some yeah, point, and, these dudes are going to go, at some point, Sanchez is going to go on a tear, and he's going to start cranking home runs at a high rate out the park because he has that type of potential. That's scary. Same thing with Giancarlo Stanton, like he did last year when he won the MVP award. He went on a tear where he hit X amount of home runs in a week or two weeks. Have you ever seen that before from him? He has that, but, but he has the potential to that? do that. But, that's, but that's what I'm saying. saying. You, you he has the arguing, potential but, to but, do but that's that. My point. You're arguing against Didi Gregorius has only shown you for one year. I'm saying Didi Gregorius is not a home run hitter. No, no. But I'm telling you, John Carlo never hit more than 37 last year. 
But would you say year. John Carlos more of a home run hitter than Didi? That's not where. No, no, answer see, the question. Answer the question. If you said you who's never. a home run hitter and you have both their names up, who would you select as a home run hitter out of those two? Who would you say is a home run hitter out of two of those guys? If you had to pick one of those two. Damn, but you're missing my okay. argument I'm now. I'm missing your point. You is, all I'm saying is, you don't expect. All I'm saying is, don't expect 25 home runs from Didi Gregorius every season. I'm telling you, you're waiting for a streak. A stretch of games from Stanton that might never come. I'm not saying I'm waiting for a stretch. What I'm saying was, is he has the potential. The he's ever done Those it. guys have the potential to knock the damn ball out the park when they get hot. Yeah, but you know what else he does? He has the potential to continue to hit 240 for the rest of the year. Okay, so he's not hot then. If he's hitting that, he's not hot. What, That's what my point. What you saw last year was he's the first hot time then. he ever did it. That's what I'm saying. He's you, not hot. You, you, if you hitting two, listen, I'm telling you, if I go on a streak where I'm hitting over 300 and I go from hitting 300 to 280, obviously I'm on a cold streak because my, my batting average has dropped. It will go if I get a base hit here or a base hit there. I'm not hot because my average has dropped. And that's baseball. That's just the way that it goes. But then I go on a tear where I get hits and I steal bases and I drive in runs. It happens. When I get to that point, I'm hot. Yeah, but your argument is that they're winning and losing is predicated on those no, guys. No, no, high. no. That's what no, you're, no, no. What, yeah, listen, wrong. go back to what, that's, go back to, to read back what you said. What read I said, what, said what I start. said is they're really not hot yet. And the Yankees are winning games. That's what I said. And then you went on a stretch saying, well, you're downplaying Aaron Judge being hot and you're downplaying Jen Carlos Stanton having 15 home runs and you're downplaying Aaron Judge, I mean Sanchez, having 12 home runs. I'm not downplaying that at all. What I'm saying is those guys, I, ha I don't think that they've hit their full stride yet. That's what I'm saying. There's going to be a point where all three of those guys are going to start murdering the ball. Again, I'm not saying that they haven't done it all season. I'm saying at some point, there's going to get to a point where Judge is going to go on the tier, where he's going to get his average back up to 280 to, to, to 300. I, think, I don't think Stan is a 300 hitter. But I think he'll go on a tear where he starts hitting balls out the park. I don't think Didi DeGorius is a 230 hitter. And I also don't think he's a 25 home run hitter. I don't think Gary Sanchez is a 200 hitter. I don't think he's a 190 hitter. I think at some point he's going to get his average up to around 280. That's what I'm saying. And then for them to still be winning baseball games the way that they are, that's just scary for baseball in general. Yeah, I hear you, but like when we start getting into this 110 games, uh, they're not going to win 110 games. People don't realize. Last year, the Dodgers won 105 games, and the Dodgers went on the craziest streak that this game has ever seen, where they were like 50 and 5. It's not going to happen, and that's what I'm saying. Like people are like, "Well, these guys are not hot yet." So can you imagine these guys are going to go on a 50 and 5 streak because of it? I, I heard that whole argument this morning. It doesn't Mike, make sense I to me. I said they're capable of winning 110 games. No, I didn't say that they were going to win it. This team is nothing close to a 110 game winner. They're capable. Not. No, they're not capable. I'm a Yankee fan, and I'm telling you, it's, it's well, never. Well, I'm it's a Yankee fan, and I'm telling you that done. they are. I'm a Yankee wait, fan, wait. and I'm telling you that they are. What you're saying is this: they have the potential to be the best team in the history of baseball. This team does not have that potential. Okay. Let's not get caught up in okay. the stretch they're on now. I'm, they I'm don't not caught up have I'm just saying they're, they're capable of winning. No, that. I not. believe that they they're are. Not. Because yeah, I think no Cashman is going to—he's going to do something. He's going to bring a pitch in here, which the Yankees need, 
And I, I think that this team is capable, very well capable, of winning close to that. Overall, yeah, I'm not saying, what if, I'm not and, saying and, during and the regular if, season. I'm not saying during the regular season. Obviously, playoffs going to play. They count playoffs as wins. This isn't like the NBA. This isn't like the NHL where you when you win games in the playoffs, they add on. Baseball, they add on to your win total come playoff time. They add on to your win total. If you have 97 wins at the end of the season and you win three more games in the playoffs, well, you win 100 games for the season. That's how baseball does it. So I'm not saying, well, I didn't say regular season. I said this team is capable of winning 110 games, period. That's everything. So that means I'm expecting this team to go into the playoffs and make some noise. That's, so the, you're, that's what you're I'm what saying. You're expecting, you're expecting a 99-win regular season and a World Series. Uh, as, as a fan, why not? Why not? You don't think this team is capable of winning 99 games, Mike? I, I you, don't know. you don't think you don't think this team is capable of winning the World Series? I didn't say that. Okay, so that's my point. I think this team is capable of winning ninety nine games, and I think this team is capable of winning the World Series. I hey, think hey, this team but, is capable of winning hundred games. I, I think that this team has a lot of double headers in the second half. Uh, August is a brutal month for every team. I, I think that we're overlooking certain things, man. I, it's it's. Listen, I, we could we could have the talk with Joe. He's going to tell you the same thing. This this team has a brutal second half. Yeah, they listen, do. That's fine. They, they played and, and an I amazing. Respect, I respect Joe's opinion, and not to say that my opinion is more than his, but an opinion is an opinion. So I'm I'm in, in my eyes, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a lust when it comes to knowledge of sports. I do my homework. No, I didn't say that. I what I'm saying team, is, I don't. I watch I don't this think team just that... as much as you do, and I watch it just as much as he does. That's and not in what my I'm opinion, saying. What I'm saying I think is, this I don't team is think capable that... of winning a hundred games or ninety-nine games, and I think this team is capable of winning the World Series. Yeah, I think this team, this 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 lineup is deep, but I think this pitching staff has some holes. I think you need to be uh, cognizant of the fact that they don't really have a left hand specialist. Um, there, there's a lot of things that that they still have work to do. I, I just think that winning all these games um, has has awarded them um, an opportunity. Uh, of being able to to uh, you don't think Cashman knows these things? You don't I didn't think, say that, but, think, but you okay. see, we see we can have we we can have a fair That's talk. That's my right? point. Because At some point, the, the he's starter that you want, the starter you think they're going to get, and the starter that the fans want, you, you don't want to have this talk where I say, "Well, what if they got to give up Andrew Hart to get him?" See, you're going to be like, "No, they're not going to." Well, then I'm going to say, "I'm well, not going to say that." I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because point. the Yankees are high on Drew. So obviously, if, if, Andrew Hall, if the Yankees make any serious moves, Andrew Hall is going to be the chip that teams are probably going to want. And the Yankees are trade Andrew Hall before they trade Glaber Torres. I hear you. So but if it brings not, in the right person, but, but, no, I'm not mad at the Yankees getting but, rid of uh, Andrew Hall. But, and now, we're going to take it to the second half of that. Andrew Hall has been the starter at third base during this run. We want to say, and I like Drury too, and I was I was one of the people pulling for him, but we don't know what Jury can do offensively uh, in this lineup like we saw from Andujar. We don't know if he has that same stretch in him that Andujar has given us. So did you make the team better because you you, you got that pitch? That's what I'm saying. We 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 don't know these things. Trades can 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 have a negative impact on teams sometimes too. All I'm saying. That's all is I'm saying. Everything to win 99 games in a regular season, everything has to break right. All year long, and it's a long season. I just don't put that 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 expectation oh, on you. Team. Don't I just you don't? don't do but my expectations is differently, bro. And that's the whole thing. Where you're not gonna get me to change my mind. 
I feel how I feel. And you feel how you feel. I think this team is capable of doing what I said. And you don't think this team is capable of doing what, what I said. I can't say that. I, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, that's, that's what it, that's what it all boils down to. You know what I'm saying? No, you, I just, you, I think, I think that it's, it's wrong to set expectations. Listen, I set expectations for myself and everything I do. Nah, that's not what I'm saying. You in life as a person and, no, and I'm not talking about in life. I'm talking about as an athlete. Man. I set out, I set goals for myself no matter what I do, whether it's baseball. Every season when I play baseball, my goal is to hit over 400. Those are my expectations. Yeah, what I'm talking about is what you're doing right now. Now, now if the Yankees go out on, on, a, on a stretch and they win 91 games, now we're going to have a bunch of listeners that are like, well, this team definitely underperformed. Because no, not Lloyd believes that this games, they're going to win 91 games. Let me tell you something. It's not uh, walking the, the, apart. The, the power of radio, you, you can't underestimate that. It's my that, opinion. It's my opinion. You know how everybody has to agree with it? I'm not saying it's Eston Stone. I'm not saying the Yankees are definitely going to win. I'm saying it's my opinion. I said I think. I think this team is capable of winning 99 to 100 games. That's my opinion. That's not. That's nothing Eston Stone. It's just my opinion. And I'm entitled to that. Just like you're entitled to your opinion, and that's what makes this show what it is. Because you're, you're, you have your opinion, and I have my opinion, and we're strong opinionated individuals. And this is what makes this show great. And sometimes we'll go back and forth based on both of our opinions. But I can't say your opinion is completely doesn't make sense. It's your opinion. So it's up to the listeners to say, well, you know what? Mad Mike makes the most sense, or Lloyd made the most sense. That's what it's all about. And that's what we give the listeners. So I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong, but you can't sit here and say that I'm being over-realistic about what I, or how I feel, my opinion on this team. It don't matter what anybody tells me. I'm still going to feel the way that I feel. And whether or not the Yankees win 80 games or whatever the case may be, if they don't win close, if this, if this team wins 85 games for some godforsaken reason, okay, I was wrong, but that's my opinion. And it's what I see from this team now, and it's what I what, what what I can see from this team moving forward. And I think that again, Cashman is one of the best, better GMs in the league. And I think he knows the issues or the deficiencies that the Yankees have right now. And I would like to hope, or I think at some point, he's going to address those issues. He may or he may not. And the Yankees have some chips to address those issues. I also think, you know, not jumping too far ahead, I think at some point the Yankees are going to kick the ties with Manny Machado and they're going to kick the ties with Bryce Harper. So who knows what these guys are thinking? Maybe they trade Andrew Hall because they may go after Manny Machado in the offseason. Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, but you don't trade him this year because you're going to go after I'm not uh, I'm, again, I'm, again, I'm not saying that. But that's that. what I'm telling you. I'm saying and you don't know the have, train of these thought. Are the guys, these are the guys they're going to have to give up to get. Listen, uh, Joe, uh, uh, Joe's been on this show saying for some godforsaken reason, when I was pulling for Andrew Hall to come out of camp as a starting third baseman, that for some godforsaken reason, the Yankees are super high on Drury. For whatever reason. Yeah, but, but, but you know why they're, they're, they're not super high or, or weren't super high on Andrew Hall is for two reasons. And two reasons that you can't refute whatsoever. In, in his, his short time so far in the, in, the, in the majors, he has negative eight defensive runs saved. Fact. The other reason that you can't is because he's one of the bottom five in baseball and pitches per plate appearance. That's why they're not as high on him as as we want okay, to. And what is they he doing? And what Drury. is he doing? And, but but that, listen, 
He's hot right now. How many rookies have never been able to adjust? Once he's the a, he's, then you, you just that's hold on what, one minute. You, you throw off these stats about how he's at the bottom. Then you say the Yankees shouldn't trade him. They need to hold on to him. What is mm, it? Just don't put words in my mouth. What you I said just is said that the Yankees should hold to, on to him. You for the cannot season. this year. You have to think about trades in season. You're taking your starting third baseman right now during this stretch, and that's what you need to flip for a pitcher. You have the ability right then and there to change the entire dynamic of a team. We've seen teams go down, going for it and making trades. How do you We've know? How do you know they're going? How do you know they're going to flip him for I'm a pitcher? A, Who's to say they might not flip him for Manny Machado? Who's to say it? I've I've heard I've read I've heard reports that the Yankees have have, have talked to the, the Orioles about Manny Machado. Manny Machado is going to be traded. So who's to say that Baltimore might not be willing to take on Andrew Hall and another and another young player and, and and a pitcher or whatever the case may be and trade for Manny Machado because he's going to leave. Who, 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 who does this team? You just finished saying they're going to trade for a pitcher. What did Cashman just finish saying on the radio? We need a pitcher. I said the Yankees need to trade for a pitcher, but that doesn't mean that they have to trade Andrew Hall for a pitcher. There's probably not going to be a stud available to be, to, to, to be gotten. The Yankees are going to probably end up getting a player along the lines of Sonny Gray. They're not making lateral moves. They're not making lateral moves. Cashman has already said that too. Upgrades. Upgrades. If if you're not, you're looking, we're talking, and everyone is saying it, right? Jacob DeGrom, I don't think it's going to happen. But Madison Bumgarner, these are the kind of, these are the names they're looking at. Difference makers. That's what they're looking at. Controllable difference makers. What do you think it's going to take to get it? If you trade anything for Miguel, if if you're trading for for, for Manny Machado, you don't have anything left to get those different makers in, in a rotation. It's that simple. Well, um, so when I say it, so when I say it, I'm just looking at a balance. Systems in baseball, so they have something. They have something, and I yeah, would I say bomb. I wouldn't. I wouldn't categorize Baumgartner as a stud. What? I wouldn't. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not at this particular point in time. I wouldn't. Seriously? Why not? Yeah. As of now, I wouldn't. I don't think he's having that great of a season. He's made one start. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, so you so you're gonna. He so, took a line drive off his hand. And he broke his pitching hand, okay, and he so made so, one start. So that's all right. So that yeah, that that makes it even. That makes me more even confident about training for somebody that's a pitcher that's coming off of a broken hand. <laughs> that's the point that I'm making. Seriously? Like so, we're we're gonna saying, have this bum garner is no, not a stud talk? I, I don't. I, I mean, I, as of now, I'm talking about. I I, I wouldn't. I I don't know. I would trade him for somebody else. Like, you know, the, 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 if he's if he's made available, twenty eight years old, only making twelve million dollars for the next three years, uh, he's the number one pitcher on the market. Okay, he's a guy to get. Okay, he's younger than Jacob Degrom. He's more proven. He's got the best ERA for a starter in World was, Series I, I mean, history. You say I was. Well, still what are you trying to win? We're trying to win a World Series, I would still right? Take Jacob Degrom. No way. I would. I don't mind. No. I would. Nah, nah, no, 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 no. All right, well, yeah, yeah. look, at the end of the day, we, we way over our time on the show. So we got to bring this show to a close. Listeners, sorry we weren't able to take your questions as me and, Mike, me and the Mad Mike had a great debate over the Yankees and some players in the league. And again, at the end of the day, I still love this brother just as much as he still loves me. And that's what this show is all about. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We want to thank you for sticking with us and continuously listening to us. And we want to thank our producer, A.O. Omar Baker, for keeping this thing going. So, guys, please enjoy your work and your week. Be safe. And me and the Mad Mike can see you in seven days. So, A.O., let's roll, baby. And that's a wrap for today's show. 
Shouts to everybody for checking it out. Make sure you subscribe. Brand new episodes drop every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And as always, check out LloydAThompson.com. Peace.